Hamas fires hundreds of missiles at Israel, and Israel responds. The CDC says vaccinated people can finally take off their masks. Mitt Romney decides that he wants to be an aggressive Republican again. And Pew Research releases a shocking statistic. All today on the Conservative Connection. Hey, 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 Corn pop was a bad dude. The conservative connection with corn and crow. Come on, man. Today's episode is brought to you today by Foxhole Armor, one of the most trusted names in body armor. Foxhole Armor is an essential defensive tool, and they believe that any law-abiding citizen should be able to have the amazing, purely defensive tool that is body armor. And they also believe that if you are to have body armor, that it should be a quality product. Their armor plates are professionally coated with an industry-grade protective material at over 150 degrees to provide superior impact resistance. Each coated steel plate is able to withstand the roughness of conditions and resist high levels of corrosion and chemical resistance. The coating provides a superior finish that you can trust. If you're anything like us, you've probably realized the importance of protecting you and your family. If you live in an area prone to riots after the hundredth time, you've probably realized that wooden boards really don't do much of anything. Get something that actually protects you and your loved ones. There is no reason that you and your family shouldn't be able to have the purely defensive tool that is body armor. But with the Biden administration and the ATF now targeting body armor, now is the best time to buy. Get over to foxholearmor.com or email jeff at foxholearmor.com. Tell them Corn and Crow sent you or mention the Conservative Connection for a 10% discount. Foxhole Armor, don't be a well-dressed organ donor. All right. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week, obviously. Yeah, uh, tell me ton, about it. There's a ton, to, ton that's going on in the country. Um, obviously, the big story I think we're starting off with is the conflict in Israel and Palestine, why it happened, uh, what has happened since then. Yeah, because uh, this has been going on for about a week now, right? I mean, it's been I, about a week. I mean, five, if you, six days. I, I mean, technically, the whole situation has been going on. Oh, it's for going on decades. Since, yeah, it's been going on. <laughs> you since, know, since the nineteen forties. Um, but right. yeah, so but I'm talking the current conflict has been yeah, going on about, so for about a week now. We yeah. accidentally said hundreds. There's been sixteen hundred rockets launched against Israel since I believe like f- last Friday. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 sixteen hundred. Some of the footage is pretty amazing. It, it looks like an Avengers movie or something. I feel like I'm watching Age of Ultron, like where all these missiles are like blowing up, mm-hmm. like entire like it, the footage is is scary and amazing to watch. For the for the people that don't know what the footage we're talking about, it, Israel has a missile missile defense system that is called uh, is the, the, dome. Iron dome the Iron is Dome. The Iron Dome. So basically, what it is is it's just a system that basically, you know, identifies missiles in the air that are, you know, coming towards a certain area and the system will fire other rockets to disable the rockets before they actually hit those areas. So in in Israel, they have these in most of the like small areas, but yeah. it's, I think it's primarily just in the major cities like yeah. in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And, and know, unfortunately, like unfortunately, with those rockets, not every rocket that Hamas fires at Israel reaches its target and hundreds of Hamas rockets have fallen into the Gaza Strip. Some have crashed into power lines and more than 200,000 people in Gaza now are without electricity because of Hamas's rockets. So basically they're firing rockets 
some of them, like you said, they're not getting into Israel. They're landing on their own people. Yeah. They're landing like, or their, their power lines. So, so they're destroying, like, people losing electricity. You know, they're losing refrigeration. They're losing all these different essential things that they need. Uh, it's it's terrible. But uh, I'm... <laughs> It's kind of funny when you when you hear people say uh, the, the the defensive things I've heard. I heard one person say, "Well, hey man, Israel's got an army. What does Hamas have?" I'm like, "Apparently, they've got 1,600 rockets." What is it? He, he, like, he's like, "What do they have? Stones?" I was like, "No, they have rockets. They just launched <clears throat> 1,600 rockets against Israel, man. Like they've been doing this for a long time. They've well, got think, weapons." Yeah. Well, a lot of people on the left are always looking for that like moral equivalency. Between you know what I mean, Israel yeah, and, it, and, it's, and Palestine. It's weird. We've got high school graduate celebrities who tweet out tweets and posts that get millions of retweets, trying to equate the Israeli-Palestine conflict to somehow United States American racial tensions and critical race theory, and they're the two are not related at all. Well, I, I, well Hamas hates Americans, so so do people on the left in America, they hate America. So, you know, yeah. they're going to look for any at least kind progressives. Of, yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're going to look for any kind of, you know, justification for what is happening over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The amount of propaganda that Hamas puts out is insane. Um, sometimes it, it backfires um, to comedic degrees. I saw one thing where they were carrying this guy on a stretcher. And what ended up happening was like the sirens go off that Israel tells them are going to go off because Israel actually alerts civilians before they do any military attack so that they know they're only targeting terrorists. So they're waiting for the sirens to go off. The sirens go off and they drop down the funeral corpse that they're carrying to bury and, and all flee and they're all filming it. And then after about a minute, um, the, the supposed corpse gets up. <laughs> it's an, it's an actor and he starts running away. Um, <laughs> you know, Wow. What was them? You know, even from these footage that you, these clips that you guys are going to see, you're going to see that people are there with cameras ready and they're at the perfect safe distance and they're filming a building coming down. Why? Because Israel told them that they were going to bomb the building so they wouldn't get any civilians. They they tell, they warn people, they give up the secrecy of what they're doing, which is one of the main things of you know, quote unquote war, you don't want your enemies to know, you yeah. know your, your game plan. Right. Yeah. And, they've, and they've been pretty good about saying, Hey, we don't want to, we don't want to hurt any civilians. We're only targeting, you know, people who we suspect to be terrorists, which is the opposite of what Hamas does because Hamas and Hamas targets civilians. They don't target the military. They want to kill as many civilians right, as fi- possible. They're firing rockets into the most populated cities yeah. in Israel. And, you know, I, I get so annoyed when people start criticizing the Israeli defense. Like, if you're Israeli defensive forces and you see terrorists and they're launching rockets, like 1,600 rockets in like less than a week, do you either do nothing or do you target the terrorists launching rockets and you take them out? Right. It, so, yeah. it, to me, I don't even understand where people are coming from when they they take this and they're like, oh, I can't believe they, they shot them. Like, for, first of all, like if if 1600 rockets were launched against the United States from like a neighboring country, like, do you think somebody a neighbor? Would, how about a neighboring state or a neighboring I mean, state Israel yeah. is a very small yeah. place and 
the Gaza Strip is not very far. No. You know, it's only like 40 miles from Lod, right? No, Lod yeah. yeah, like it, the mo- yeah, most populated city there. The entire area of Israel is about the size of New Jersey. Right. So that's <laughs> so, basically like yeah. New York City firing rockets into New Jersey. Yeah, basically. Like it, it would be like the same is. equivalent. Yeah. And, you know... For years, I remember they were like, oh, there's an embargo. I'm like, do you think if something like that happened in the U.S., we just have an embargo against them? Right. We'd, we'd, we'd nuke that place, yeah. whatever it was. But I, I'm getting really tired of this. And, like, what's the definition of terrorism? Because I see people say this a lot. Well, Israeli are terrorists. No, terrorists are people who target civilians in order to achieve a political goal of while killing as many civilians as possible yeah that's what terrorism is what they're doing is not terrorism and i also get really upset when like people are just like oh well if they just had a two-state solution yeah like when has that ever worked right well a two-state solution i mean not even just that but you know sometimes it takes hundreds of years to get anything into place you know what i mean not just a two-state solution but a one-state solution yeah right yeah and it's it's so don't call them terrorists like israel and terrorism aren't the same thing terrorism is intentionally targeting civilians with violence to achieve your political goal that's what hamas does israel defends civilians and they target only the terrorists and not the civilians and they give warnings so that they can evacuate so that's dead in the water but you know, if, just for a little hit history lesson, Israel has offered Palestinians their own state at least five times. So after the breakup of the Ottoman Empire, the British had control of most of the Middle East after World War One, and just about 1918. And 17 years later, the Arab Revolt happens against the British in 1936, and the British form a task force called the Peel Commission. And they're like, let's let's figure out what all this violent ruckus is about. Let's figure out what's going on. And their conclusion is Jews and Arabs in the area want to govern the same land. So the answer, they think, okay, we'll just create two independent states. We'll give a state to the Jews and we'll give one to the Arabs, right? Problem solved. We'll call it the two-state solution. And the split starts off heavily in favor of the Arab. The Brits are like, okay, Arabs, you get 80% of the territory. The Jews get 20%. And the Jews are like, okay, yeah, that sounds good to us. And the Arabs reject it. They say, screw that resume the violent rebellion and then so that's the first rejection 10 years later 1947 brits are like uh, they go to the un and they say let's find some kind of solution un says again best solution is to divide the land between the jews and the arabs let's try the two-state solution again so november 1947 now another deal is presented and the jews accept it again jews are like yeah it sounds great to us and the arabs reject it but this time they launch an all-out war you know talk about gratitude (laughs) you know they did they just Launching a lot of war, so that's rejection too. So you got Jordan, Iraq, Lebanon, Egypt, and Syria. They all join this conflict and fight against Israel. Israel wins the war, starts building a country, and most of the land set aside for the Arab state by the UN, like the West Bank and East Jerusalem, it becomes occupied territory, not by Israel, but by Jordan. And then 20 years later, in 1967, the Arabs, led this time by Egypt, joined Syria, Jordan, and once again, they're like, okay, let's destroy the Jewish state. Let's destroy it again. Right. And then 1967 is known as the Six Days War, and shockingly, it a huge win for Israel. And Jerusalem and the West Bank fall into Israel's hands, and now uh, the Israelis want to do is, okay, we've got the West Bank, 
and then we've got Jerusalem. Let's give certain sections of the region that we've acquired to the Palestinians for their state, and that'll promote peace, right? We'll have a, another two-state solution, and we'll have peace. And the Arabs leagues meet in Sudan after they propose this, and this, they have their infamous three no's. No peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, and no negotiations with Israel in 1967. So that's their third rejection. And then, then in 2000, President Bill Clinton and Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, they're in Camp David, and they're meeting with PLO organizer Yasser Arafat. And they're trying to figure out how to do something. So I, I don't know how Yasser Arafat won the Nobel Peace Prize, but it just shows how stupid they are. But they say, we're going to offer you guys a Palestinian state in all of Gaza, 94% of the West Bank. And as a cherry on top, you're going to have East Jerusalem as its capital. So you're going to get part of Jerusalem too. Right. Yeah. And Arafat was there for 14 days in Cap David. And according to Bill Clinton, um, he said he was there for 14 days. He said no to everything. Palestinians launched a bloody wave of suicide bombings that kill over a thousand Israelis and maim thousands more in buses, wedding halls, and plaza parlors. So that's rejection four. And then in 2008, Israel tries one more time, and Ehud Almart, the new prime minister of Israel, goes even further than Barack did and says, "Okay, we're going to expand the peace officer even uh, e e offer even more. We're going to give you guys." An offer you can't refuse. Palestinian state in all of Gaza, 94% of the West Bank, East Jerusalem as the capital. And we're going to give you even more land on top of that as a cherry on top. And Mahmoud Abbas, sorry, these names, I can't. Uh, he turns the deal down. So that's like the fifth rejection. And then technically this is the sixth one. 2005, all of Israel abandons Gaza and says, hey, Palestinians, let's try to get some peace. All right. Okay. We're going to give you all of Gaza. Here's Gaza. We give Palestinians complete control. So Palestinians gratefully accept and say, wow, Israel's coming to good faith with us for like the fifth time in a row. Let's develop these territories with like hospitals and schools, right? And colleges? No, no, that's not what they do. What they do is uh, they turn Gaza into a terrorist base from which they fire thousands of rockets into Israel. Yeah. And they build, <laughs> they have a lot of underground tunnels. Yeah. And that's called the Metro. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, it turns out, that's, but that's where they're, you know, that's where they're, you know, doing, you know, doing terrorist activities underground. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing it from underground and they're doing it from their terrorist base in Gaza. Turns out giving a group run by terrorists their own state is probably not the best idea, especially when Al Husseini and Arafat kill all the moderates that disagree with them that don't want to wipe Israel off the map. <laughs> right. So. You know, were there moderates there? Yeah, they got killed by the people who weren't moderates. So for all of you guys saying a, a two-state solution is what we need, two-state solution it's, doesn't work. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it might work, but it's been tried. Six multiple, times, yeah, like been tried six more than times. that. And I'm just going over the major ones. There have been multiple other attempts to do this. And it just seems like over the timeline of all that, um, you know, that it has nothing to do about the land it just seems that palestinians just don't want israelis in that area yeah that's just what it seems like that's well that's the thing like no peace with israel no uh no recognition of israel that's why they call it the occupation because they say well all the land that israel ended up winning um that's not technically a real state even though it took decades of real legal work to get it done by 
dozens of lawyers and everything else, and they want it through war and conflict and legal work and everything you can think of, they still say it doesn't have a right to exist. And in my opinion, the two-state solution will never work. And the reason is because Israel wants peace, and they've shown that coming to the table this many times to try to get a deal. But Palestinians don't want peace. Palestinians want Israel. Right. Yeah, that, that's what, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That, that's what it, it's really about. It's just the fact that they don't want is, Israel to exist. They don't want it to be in their area. They don't, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the thing we hear all the time. What what, what did um, Mies and them always say? Like, free, free Palestine. Free, yeah. free Palestine. Okay, so, like, let's just run through that train of logic, all right? So the, the Palestinians want their own state. If, according to Free Palestine, they're offered a state six different times. And then what ends up happening is, you know, they they reject that. They reject it violently six different times. So they complain that Israel's still a state and they don't have one, even though they've rejected all the offers to have one. And they say that this is the occupation, but it's an occupation that they're perpetuating. So then they're going to get violent about that and do terrorist attacks. And then when they try to defend themselves, they're they're going to say, oh, look what Israel is doing to us. Yeah. If it's really an occupation, why don't you guys end it by taking your own state? You've had a chance multiple times. And I also hear like multiple times people will say, well, they're, they've got military presence in the West Bank. I'm like, yeah, duh. Did you see what happened to Gaza? They don't want Gaza 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. so of course, so all the Palestinians are like, why don't you abandon the West Bank? It's like, because we don't want it to become the next Gaza. Exactly. Yeah. Because of what happened last time, right? They all marched out of the out of Gaza, you know, and turned into a terrorist hub. Yeah. They, so they, they can't win because if Israel annexed the West Bank and Gaza and offered citizenship to all the Palestinians that live there, it'd be outrageous. And everyone on the left would say it's a land grab. It's under Israeli rule. So they offer them their own Palestinian state as an alternative and they reject it violently. So David Bragg um, had this to say because they were trying to compare Israel to an apar apartheid state. Apartheid requires you to deny your citizens and your territory equal rights. To compare this to apartheid is to ignore history, to ignore the offers made, to ignore the offers reacted to, and ignore the violence in which those offers were rejected. And let's be clear about this. Every Arab living under Israel's jurisdiction within the territory of the state of Israel has full equal rights, full voting rights, to, to the extent that the Arab parties are very likely to determine the future of the Israeli government. They are a full, robust part of Israel in every respect. And the responsibility over the West Bank Arabs, who are citizens of the Palestinian Authority, you can't criticize Israel for what happens to Palestinian uh, Authority residents because Israel doesn't have any jurisdiction. The Palestinian Authority does. So I, I don't understand how they say, oh, look at what's happening in Gaza. Yeah, the Isra Israel's not in Gaza. Right. Palestinian authorities in Gaza. Right. And, you know, the the history is even more insane. Like if you look at the George Washington of the Palestinian movement, his name was Al Husseini, and he was like one of the first leaders of the Palestinian Authority. And then he worked with uh, Adolf Hitler and actually recruited for him. And then if you look at the Muslim Brotherhood, they translated Mein Kampf into Arabic. Um, they would put it in their newspapers and stuff really um, crazy. And then they had Yasser Arafat as the next guy who wasn't really – 
that much better. And then they had Mahmoud Abbas. You know, three yeah. really bad guys with just really short-sightedness who suck at making deals. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that um, the, well, the American media is just having a field day with this. They're searching and pulling at every straw to kind of blame Israel for what's going on. So there's this huge lie about why all of this started. Mm -hmm. um, and this is supposedly some Israeli police went into a holy temple on Ramadan and they started, started, uh, you know, beating them, yeah. you know, kicking them out of the building because they were in an area that they're not supposed to be in. Right. And yeah. I haven't heard much reports about that. I've only heard that. I heard that got clarified. So what was ending up happening is they were trying to like the Jews get close to that area and they try to stone them and throw rocks at them to kill them or injure them. And there were some violent confrontations happening. So the police yeah. decided to step in and yeah. end it. Right. You know, but, but that's what they're all making this seem like it's over some land, right? It's over like a small part of land. Yeah, the know, size so, of New Jersey. Let's yeah. It's yeah, not. exactly. Like even smaller than that. They're, they're, you're talking about places where people can worship and stuff like that. And that's the reason why Hamas is firing you know, thousands of rockets into, into yeah. Israel. It's and, pretty easy to figure out who the good guy is. It's like, okay, which side uses children as human shields? Which side are terrorists? Which side provide medical care to the terrorists trying to kill them? Which side warns civilians before any military action so they won't get hurt? Pretty easy to figure right. out Israel's the good guy in this situation. I, I mean, honestly, if we're talking about a conflict over, like, territory... Yeah. Right. And we're not even talking about big terror. Like, I'm not even talking about on the level of, no. you know, a whole Gaza. Right. I'm not talking about a whole the whole pieces of Israel. I'm just talking about one individual building where people worship. Is that really worth firing thousands of like, <laughs> is, is it you know what yeah, I mean? Like no. the, the tension was so built up th that this happen right because nothing this big is going to happen unless there's tension behind that right yeah. it's it's not just going to be over oh you wouldn't let somebody pray in a certain area so now we have to kill hundreds of your people see it's see now what i thought was happening was because hamas is known to fire rockets from civilian areas so that they can try to so they can go in and say look israel's invading a civilian area yeah so what well, I thought was well, happening well, they, was yeah. they also they also keep civilians around their yeah. artillery. Yeah, they because they because they know if shields, they get yeah. retaliated against, hey, you're you're firing at children here, you're firing at women. Yeah, right. And to your point too, on top of that, that's why it, when they had these wars and conflicts, they would hide their rockets in children's hospitals and preschools and kindergartens and school right. teachers. Yeah. yeah. So, and then they, they'll use kids as human shields. And then when their leadership is questioned about it, they'll brag about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really insane. Well, so, all, the, all the Palestinian leaders have been on Twitter praising the, the missile launches. Donald Trump gets taken off Twitter, but I guess they're still up. Right. But they Co is banned, but you know, if you want to eliminate Israel, you're fine. Yeah. And uh, Palestine and Iran share the same goal, which is why it's so scary that Biden is now trying to 
help them to get a nuclear weapon, basically, with yeah. the Iran nuclear well, su- deal. Surprisingly, Joe Biden had a phone call with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu the other day, mm-hmm. and he actually defended Israel and said that they had the right to yeah. to defend themselves. Yeah. So, so credit where credit is due. Credit where credit is due. So, I mean, we're going to play that clip here in a second, and this is Joe Biden uh, doing a press conference about the whole Israeli-Palestine conflict. Clip one. On, on Israel, sir, your thoughts on Israel? Are you concerned about the violence in the Middle East, and can you talk about what conversations you have had with officials there? My uh, national security staff and defense staff has been in constant contact with their counterparts in the Middle East, uh, not just with the Israelis, but also with uh, everyone from the Egyptians to the Saudis to the Emiratis, etc. And uh, I had a conversation with Bibi Netanyahu uh, not too long ago. I'll be putting out a statement very shortly on that. Um, my expectation and hope is that uh, uh, this will be... Uh, closing down sooner than later but uh israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into your territory but uh i had a, a conversation for a while with with the uh prime minister of israel and uh i think that uh my hope is that we'll see uh, this coming to conclusion sooner than later thank you yeah so credit where credit yeah. is due okay um at, at least he you know has has uh has the right intentions in what he's saying here. Um, yeah. e- even though, like you said, he's the kind, of, kind of like rehashing this whole America supporting Iran because they're going to be the moral force in the Middle East. Iran and- wants to wipe Israel off the map. They've been very clear about this, along with Palestine. They share the same goal. Right. You know, they, they want to and neither, wipe them And neither off. of them are fans of America to begin with. No. Right? <laughs> they hate us. I, obviously, they hate Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, know, uh, because when you've got the leader of the free world tweeting out, mess around and find out, right, you know, it keeps them in line. Well, as much as you as much as people hated Donald Trump, I mean, you have to take that into account. Yeah, people knew around the world that you can't just fire thousands of rockets into a territory that is allied by the United States and nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah. But like it, at least Donald Trump made that clear. Joe Biden has only really said Israel has a right to defend itself. Yeah. He never said, you know, um, listen, if you, if you fire at our allies, like we're, we're going to retaliate against you. You can't yeah. do that. These are our allies. Yeah. And you know? Israel proves that it's a good ally in this very smart strategic uh, decision. So what Israel ended up doing was Israel pulled a Dark Knight Rises. You ever seen the Dark Knight Rises? Yes. So um, what Israel did was like, okay, you know what, Hamas, we're going we're gonna to lay down our ground forces and invade into this area. Hamas gets scared. And they all retreat into the metro tunnel, like Dark Knight Rises, where he's like, Bane's in the tunnel. He's like, everybody down there, go get in the tunnel. So when all the Hamas soldiers get in the tunnel in the metro, they airstrike it and bomb it. Right. Really smart. They, yeah. they chase them into a corner and they bomb the corner. Yeah. Great. You know, and I'm going to have to continue my tradition of every time major terrorists die, I go for ice cream. <laughs> 
under Donald Trump, I was getting kind of fat. <laughs> you know, it was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, so what's going to happen is they're going to continue to reject any offers to end what they call an occupation. Then they're going to turn around and complain the so-called occupation that they themselves perpetuate. And then they're going to resort to terrorism to complain about that occupation. And then when Israel responds to that terrorism by carefully defending the civilians, they're going to say, look at what Israel's doing to us. Right. Yeah. And I think Israel's That's just done. I think they're just like honestly. Well, it's going to get to the point where they're going to say, "Okay, it's going to be some." There's going to be an all-out war. Yeah, it's going to be. It's getting there. A hundred percent. It's just going to be full war. It's it's getting there. How long can you, you know, live like that? Right. How long can you live? And you know, how long can you live knowing that, you know, rockets could just become like. That's crazy. It's, yeah, I've seen in America. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't have. Do do we even yeah. have like missile sirens in? I mean, in, the, like, the, the, in most of our states, no. We did. Not, we did have. Know? We did have things like that. Um, our parents did growing up. My dad, I, re, I remember he told me I used to remember in the eighties, like hiding under tables, um, because we would like do nuke drills for, for like Reagan under the Reagan administration. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's like you know, which by the way, hiding under a table. You know, it's not going to really stop a nuke. No, um, really. And neither are these Chicago protests that we're having now. Or they're not going to affect anything going on in the Middle East. You know, mo- most uh, Arabs with any common sense or most Muslims have kind of been quiet about this whole situation because they know Hamas are a bunch of terrorists. Right. So, yeah. But, you know, we live in Illinois. So, of course, they're going to have a protest where they're going to be supporting Hamas. Right. Well, <laughs> there was a Palestinian uh, protests, right? Downtown yeah. Chicago. Yeah. But then there was also an, an Israeli, uh, yeah. And is Israeli support. So yeah. yeah. Israeli rally, I guess I, sh- I shouldn't say we've uh, got a really strong anti-Semitic, uh, kind of movement going through this country. I feel like, I don't know if I told you well, that I think story. it's mostly people on the left. Yeah, it it's, is. It really is people on the left. I mean, we've encountered a ton of people on the left, especially when we went to college. Yeah. And a lot of them were, Muslim. Yeah, I told you I told you that story of basically like we had a a pamphlet basically that was going over Islamic terrorism. And they for some reason decided to identify with the pamphlet. I was like, I don't know why you're identifying yourselves with right. They didn't want the pamphlet around. Yeah. And I I, you know, they're like, there's terrorists in here. I'm like, yeah, this shouldn't be allowed on campus. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember they pointed and said, there's terrorists in this book. I said, yes, dude, there's terrorists in the book about terrorism right you know and then uh eventually there was really one anti-semitic outburst and the guy did apologize when i called him out for it and apologized and said he was sorry for the comment but he did make it where he he turned the book around pointed at the author and said you can't trust anything this guy says because he's an effing jew yeah, was, and I said uh, no, you, bro. You can't say that. Okay, you should uh, apologize. And I was like, okay, okay, fine. I went too far. I'm sorry. You know, so I'll give him credit I, for I his apologizing. But still, it's like it's gross. that. We we mentioned that to the the college staff, and they didn't do anything about that. No, but they, they were still offended about our pamphlets months later. Yeah, you know, even though we had solved the issue. Well, the thing the thing is so weird. I think you know I had a Facebook post about this before, and uh, it just seems that like if you. Like, like the left has people so brainwashed, like in groups that yeah. like, if something happens to somebody that shares some kind of trait with you yeah, within that group that you're a part of, yeah, you feel like you have to defend them. So like I had a Facebook post that, huh. you know, during the, during, uh, the guy in Milwaukee, 
uh, Jacob Blake. Right? Yeah, Jacob Blake. And everybody came out and defended him. It's like, dude, dude he had a knife. He was guy, like going to get. A, he was either going to turn yeah. around and stab a police officer. Yeah. He was going to turn around and stab her, uh, his ex girlfriend or one yeah. of her friends. And then and people defended it. Yeah, and then another thing that I pointed out in the video is. They they had already tased the guy and he walked away like nothing happened. And they're saying they're saying drop the knife and somebody's I was like, okay, look, if somebody's walking away and they've already got a knife and they're trying to reach under their car door for something else, I'm not gonna assume it's another knife. I'm gonna assume it's a gun. Uh, you know but the thing is is I had a Facebook post about (laughs) this that said, like, just because somebody shares like a criminal shares the same skin, skin color, color as like, you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you have to defend yeah, like, them. I don't identify. If you share a religion, yeah. you don't have to defend them. A sexuality, a gender, whatever you like, want. If somebody does something that is not acceptable, it's not acceptable. Like you don't have yeah. to accept it just because you share some kind of trait with them. Yeah, like I like white people don't identify with Jeffrey Epstein. Like somebody yeah. who's like a college kid doesn't need to identify with Ted Bundy. Like, <laughs> right? Why? Why is it that that happens? I just I just do not understand. And then on top of that, when the information comes out that he would was raping this this woman who had called the cops, like I don't even understand. Like, what are the cops supposed to do? Oh, are you black? Yes, hang up the phone. Yeah. Like, of course they're going to come and help her and no. rescue her. And he was trying to kidnap kids in the back of a vehicle and drive off in a high speed car chase that they could have end up dying in. And then on top of that, it's like you know, you know, the the guy had a knife and he's walking away and they're screaming, "Drop the knife!" And then he's going for something underneath the seat. Right. And then I I showed something else. Like there was even a previous arrest where he had a gun charge where he was drunk and waving a gun around, and they ended up finding the gun in the exact same spot under the car seat. Right. So, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. moral of the story, like. Just because there's a conflict between Palestine and Israel, like it doesn't mean that you have to defend the aggressor because you share some kind of trait with them, whether it's skin color, whether it's religion, whether it's whatever. Like it's yeah. easy to look at the situation and say, who were the people that fight? Like you could talk all you want about, oh, a police officer came in and, and they hurt some people for praying on the temple stare and they weren't supposed to be there okay you want to talk about that talk about that yeah we're talking thousands of rockets yeah like 1600 in less than a week and if and if if israel didn't have the means to defend themselves the things like the iron dome the things like the you know idf um uh or is it israeli defense yeah yeah you're right the 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 israeli you know if they don't have that stuff they don't they're not going to exist no, Israel's exactly. Not be there. If the Palestinians lay down their arms and say, "Okay, Israel's here to stay," there would be peace in the Middle East. We've already seen Israel come to the table with Bahrain. They came to the table with the United Arab Emirates. They had all these peace deals. They were eager to make peace with all these people. It isn't until you get to Palestine that they, the Palestinians, say no. So if the Palestinians lay down all their arms, then there would be peace in the Middle East. If Israelis lay down all their arms, they would destroy Israel. Because that's what they want to do. They want Israel. They don't want peace. They want Israel. I don't know right, how many times I have to say it to people. And they're not going to – it doesn't look like they're going to stop. No. I, no, I don't they even don't keep know. Going. Does, the, does the Palestinian community even support that? Does it support the fact that they're – the people that they're 
um, you know, counting on to be their elected officials or, or the people who are going to make decisions for their nation. Well, statistics. Are they okay with that? Are they okay with. There's a lot of people in the Palestinian community that will support terrorism. I could go over the statistics. I'd probably end up just making people mad when you figure out how many people. Because the thing about terrorists is like the terrorists don't exist like that. They're a small portion, but they get funding. They get funding yeah. from people who support them. Like, yeah. where do you think they got all those rockets? Well, they got those rockets because Joe Biden decided to lift a bunch of sanctions that freed up Iran's uh, funds, and Iran funded Palestinians' rockets and gave them yeah. rockets. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, it's like, is everybody in Palestine like a, a terrorist with a gun and a bomb? Not necessarily, but they don't have to be. They just have to support the overall cause. Right. And not oppose it. Right. And the problem that ends up happening is you got the moderate Palestinians, you know, and guys, some Palestinians are doing some things that are amazing. Like in Ramallah, there's a group of uh, Palestinians starting hotels. They're young entrepreneurs. They're starting buildings. They're starting restaurants. And it, it's a, it's this booming thing. They're really smart. Um, but what ends up happening is you get people within these political movements and they're moderate and they end up getting killed by Arafat or al-Husseini these people because they yeah. realize that they're going to oppose them. And it's a scary thing to oppose these people. I wouldn't really blame anybody for keeping their mouth shut because they don't want their families to get their tongues cut out. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I, the whole, the whole conflict is obviously, um, it's everything you thought it would be. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> war. It's, you know, it's over religion. It, it's like the same thing over and over It's again. It's going to, they're going to keep yeah. fighting forever. They, they always have. That's just know. what it seems like. Right? You know, but like, I'm, I'm tired of this claim that like the, the Arabs were there before the Jews were. I'm like, not historically. No, they were there in the time of Rome. They were there before Jesus. You want to go back to King David? Yeah. Like they've been in that area forever. Yeah. So this idea that like, it, okay, so like there's something really interesting. If you go back and you look at the Palestinian flag from like the 1940s, it's actually the Star of David. Did you know that? No. It's Yeah. So just, just to show you, like, I think it's either the 1938 or the 1932 or 1948 flag, but it's the, it's the Star of David. It's hard to find now. They've almost completely erased it from the internet, but you can still find it. <laughs> you know, I'm a person that's into like collectibles and stuff so you know i'm gonna be see, see if you this. can find I'm that flag that'll sell for, for a lot flag. oh i bet it would they're yeah. gonna try to kill you though <laughs> <laughs> You're like who's got it but oh man um but yeah to, uh the conflict i mean obviously you guys can read more up about it uh it's yeah. probably one of the you know biggest booming news stories that's going on in america uh right now that a lot of people are talking about i would encourage people to you know keep their ears to uh, just local news about it and mm -hmm. kind of figure out what's going on because this could escalate into something really big because uh, the Israeli, well, Prime Minister Netanyahu looks yeah. like he's about to be replaced. Um, yeah, we know, don't we're know going into that. Go. Um, you know, there was just an election that was shut down um, in Palestine. Really, I didn't know well. that. Yeah, before all of this stuff happened. So a lot of people think that this actually happened because of that connection. Ooh. So they had an election going on, and then they started releasing propaganda about, you know, Israel. Propaganda. Interfering, is, yeah, interfering with their elections, and then 
you know, this whole, and then the elections got canceled and then all of this happened. When, right? when you guys like start looking at this, you got to realize that there's a lot of Hamas propaganda. <laughs> I can find you guys pictures of a girl with half her face burned off and it says, uh, you know, Israeli white phosphorus attacks against Palestine are insane and could never happen. How evil are they? And then you'll see that it's actually a photo from 2016 of a girl who had a white phosphorus attack from Afghanistan. Right. You know, they, yeah. they do this all the time where they'll take pictures yeah. of kids and they'll make up their own stories and run them. Well, and they're I from mean, years I, ago. I mean, the, me the news media has been doing that with this whole story for the last week. I mean, they're just they're telling yeah. blatant lies to trying to find trying to find the moral yeah, you you know, guys, connection with why Palestine is OK for doing what they're doing. You have to twist the facts and you have to twist history and you have to twist locations to get everything like guys. When I watched CNN, I was confused because I remember watching CNN in 2010 and they're talking about how Israel's so evil for everything going on in Gaza. Well, Israel's not in Gaza. Palestinian authorities in Gaza. They Israel's been abandoning Gaza since two thousand five and two thousand eight. Yeah, they're not in there. Yeah, they're not in there. There's so it has nothing to do with it. But, but yeah, we we uh, encourage people to just do some more research on it. Keep your ear to it. It's a very confusing uh, conflict. It's yeah. a very confusing story. Uh, there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of people involved, and mm -hmm. just the whole history of Palestine and Israel is very confusing. But I think we're going to move on to some of the, I, I guess this is good news with the CDC. The CDC saying that vaccinated people can finally take off their masks and they don't, there's no risk Yippee. for, yeah, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah. So happy, <laughs> right? You think, you think the left would be celebrating and say, look at what Joe Biden but, did. We can do it now, yeah. guys. We're over it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can do it. But the whole thing is like, so when I when I think about this, it's just you know I already knew how this was all going to play out from guy. from the time that they said, "Oh, this is a huge threat. Everyone needs to stay home. We're going to start sending people money." I already knew how this all was going to end in my mind. Right? Yeah. The only way that this the pandemic is going to end, like the pandemic ended months ago. Yeah, yeah, right? it's over. We got the it's vaccine. Been a year and a half. It's over. Vaccine. Right, yeah. and now you got people on the left. They're talking about herd immunity and stuff but if you said herd immunity back like in seven Ju months june ago. Yeah, yeah if you said it back in june of 2020 you were insane right mm -hmm. oh you want people to die are you kidding me you just want us to go out and just contract this virus and just all be immune to it yeah. are you insane now this is the main goal right yeah. because that's what vaccines are vaccines are something that helps you develop herd immunity without all the symptoms yeah, right? So it reduces the symptoms and, and creates herd immunity without well, your society. One, one thing that I think is so funny is when they're talking about going on airplanes is like, well, I, I'm kind of worried that if I go on an airplane and there's a guy next to me and I've been vaccinated, I don't know if he's been vaccinated. If you think the vaccine works, why do you care? Right. Exactly. <laughs> why do you care if, if the guy next to you is, yeah. is vaccinated or not or lying or not? Yeah. You're vaccinated. Yeah, you're, you're fine. Right. But there are there are some people, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's more, mostly on the younger end mm -hmm. of people who can't be vaccinated because of medical reasons. Yeah, there's right? some people who have allergic reactions to certain ingredients within the vaccines. Right. Okay. So cool. Hey, yeah. we can, we can take that into account, but Hey, guess what? There's masks. There's things for you to do to protect yourself. Like if you're not able to get vaccinated, 
I don't think it's right for someone to expect everyone else to be vaccinated just to keep you safe well, or the people yeah. who are you know, vulnerable to the vaccine. Well, I'm very pro-choice on this issue. Like if you guys want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you guys want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. But do not go and try to dictate everybody's life around what you personally think is best. If you want to wear seven masks on your face, go go knock yourself out, yeah, quite literally. <laughs> but yeah. don't don't try to tell people that but there's always they that, can't do yeah, that. There's always that one Karen lady oh. that comes into the you know, like like a place says, you don't need to wear a mask in here. If you want to wear one, you can wear one. There's yeah. there's stores like that. There's some independent stores that are saying like, are hey, there any around here? Know, they you? even have signs outside to kind of just like attract business and stuff. Like, yeah, hey, you don't have to wear a mask in here. Yeah, we people don't are care. like, oh, thank you. you. Know? But there's always that one Karen lady that yeah, goes yeah, into yeah. those places and starts screaming and start yelling, and then somebody gets her on video. It gets circulated throughout social media. Everyone sees it. And then these businesses cower to the people. It's you know? a it's a mobocracy. But I mean, they dra- they drug some old lady out of a bank, out of a Chase bank for not wearing. Yeah, a, I saw a, that. Yeah. I'm like, and they the, ended they, the mask mandate, guys. Like, what what what's the whole point of this hundred days for masks? Oh, but, we but, did it. But Chase says that you still have to wear a mask here, and it's like. Okay, I guess. Well, well like, that's what I don't get. It's like if everybody else has a mask and you don't, what what risk are you posing unless the masks don't work? If one person is in a group of 100 and everybody else is wearing a mask, but that one person, like, they put, how well, because, are they putting them at well, risk? Because, because the media told people that it's not if you, like, the, the mask isn't going to protect you from contracting it. It, can, it protects you from distributing it. So that's why they think that everybody should wear a mask because then it can't be distributed, right? It's that not that be doesn't even make any logical sense. I know. It's if stupid. you can't, if you can't, contri- like it doesn't prevent contraction, then if it doesn't prevent contraction, it wouldn't prevent distribution either. It's just, it's so stupid. The the like, whole thing. That, that well, that's this is this is what takes me off about the whole. COVID situation, right? Yeah. The the statistics are just, they're not correct. And two, we were lied to about every Everything single thing that we had to Everything do. you could, Everything. could think of. Like people started off pretty good naturedly about this whole thing when it first started. When I was an Amazon driver, they would we like leave me snacks month. on the porch and, and like they would knit masks for me. And they would be like, hey, you're a hero, man. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Everybody was on the same right. plan. We can all do it together. 15 but days, that, we but, can do that. But that's when the federal government said one month. And people well, were like, they said okay, 15 fine. days originally. Fine. I will sacrifice one month of my life to keep people safe. But then after that month passed and it turned into a year yeah people just got over the they got over the hype they don't care anymore right like you see people in stores wow. wearing these masks that are just you could tell that they've had it in their work truck for eight months oh you know they're I mean? like they don't they don't care that nobody cares about the mask people anymore. are like, like getting staph infections from wearing the same masks too many times That's so stupid um and uh but yeah guys we just wanted to give a quick shout out because we are doing a cross promotion with our friend george from the uk and he runs a podcast called the sheeple news podcast and while we're talking about crazy things that the nih is doing 
We just wanted to give short George a shout out. It's called the Sheeple News Podcast. He's on wherever you can find podcasts: Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. He's everywhere. So he's working out with us. Show him some love because we're red guys in a blue state. He's a red guy in a blue country. Yeah, and uh, he was yeah. going over some fun things. Like he's got a voice that sounds like a UK professor. It's just so much fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, you it's feel like you're gaining IQ yeah. points. And then on top of it, he was talking about like things the NIH was doing, and he was saying that there were certain segments of the population that would get up at every certain time and they would clap for the NIH like a cult. And uh, I don't know with what's going on. Maybe they're clap like laying out a rug and clapping towards Mecca at this point. Who knows? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, quick shout out to George. Go check out the Sheeple News podcast. Yeah, we appreciate uh, all the support, George, and obviously. Um you know, the UK is very similar yeah. to the US, um, but I just think that the US is probably taking a little bit, a little bit sharper turn towards like, you know, like extreme liberalism. Yeah. Cause know? like my, I have a, another buddy in the, new, the UK and he was telling me, he's like, yeah, we don't have to wear masks while we work out. That's insane. Why, why would anybody do that? We take them off when we go to the machine or when we go to work out. Like, this is common sense. Right. And I was like, well, apparently not in Chicago or California. It's not. People are walking outside without masks. Like, we don't live our lives based off CDC guidelines. Well, I mean, the CDC <laughs> the CDC guidelines from months ago. They changed. Said, they, they already said that you're, you don't have to wear a mask outside. But then you have Joe Biden and Jen Psaki and... You know, all, all the Biden administration people going on TV and saying the exact opposite, right? They're, they're not – for all the people that spent eight months yelling at Trump, yeah, uh, you know, scolding Trump, saying, you, you're not listening to your constituents. Yeah, yeah, you're CDC. not listening to the CDC. You're not listening to the WHO. You're killing a ton of people. Literally, the Biden administration has not listened to the CDC one time. Yeah. Like, if you look at the Biden administration policy from when they come out and talk about COVID, and then you go directly to the CDC website, it's yeah. it, it, none of it corresponds with each other at all. Yeah, I, I mean, guys, just to give you an idea of, like, how badly the messaging is, is being put out for this vaccine, we got kind of a, like, uh, this news reporter had just a tiny bit of a slip when he was talking about immunization. So we're going to run this clip, clip two, go. It's worrying health officials who call mass vaccinations the only path to a return to normalcy. Almost four months into the vaccination effort, providers are beginning to run out of people who want to be euthanized, uh, immunized. Yeah, that's that's going to comfort <laughs> people. That's that's going to make me really, like, really happy and comfortable. I'm, go I'm going to be safe now. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like no. it's like the little Ralph kid who's like, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, just the the whole messaging with with all of this is just bad through the Biden administration. But I mean, at least this is good news. Um, the CDC is at least telling people. And, and like I said before, yeah. like this, this is how I knew the pandemic would end. Like somebody has to come on TV and say that everything's OK to tell the leftist people to just relax, like no, nothing is going to happen. But they're you know freaking I mean? out. When people are telling them to relax because, you know, it, it's so strange. We had the teachers unions and they basically held back every kid in America for an entire year of education. They basically yeah, held them back. Pretty much. And they're planning on 
doing still it still doing again. it again. Yeah. They don't they don't want to open the schools. Well, you know, Reagan, Reagan had a famous phrase where he said if we can't make them see the light, we can make them feel the heat and the teachers unions are starting to feel the heat just a little bit and they're yeah. starting to crack. Well, I think a lot bit. of I think a lot of the parents, you know, not only are they are, are the parents starting to get frustrated with things relating to COVID. Yeah. They're also getting frustrated with the things that their kids are learning in school. Yeah. Uh, so you're seeing this all over the country. Um, that schools are embracing critical race theory and the 1619 project, which, which are, is completely which are both, unfactual, yeah, which are both, both are unfactual. And also they just teach students to hate each other, yeah. hate each other by their skin color, hate each other where they came from, hate each other because of the history of the country. Yeah. Um, how to reform America. Yeah. Into and and a, we're not over exaggerating there. Cause like Ibram no. Kendi said himself, the only remedy for past discrimination is future discrimination. discrimination. That's a, yeah. that's a quote from that's Ibram quote. Kendi. Yeah. And he's a critical race theory guru, right? Yeah. Like he, he's like, if you want to talk about critical race theory, that's the guy to talk to, you know? Yeah. And, I just think that parents are really, really starting to get frustrated with both things and you're going to see them push back really, really hard. You're already seeing a lot of parents going to, you know, attending more school board meetings, talking uh -huh. about why is my child learning this? Why is my child coming home from school that has a packet of things that teaches them how to identify people into groups? I don't want my child to learn that those kind of things. Um, graphic. Mm -hmm. uh, things that they're, they're, I, I saw sex I, education, sex education. Yeah, dude. I was they're, like, what? They're I, teaching them about bondage. Yeah. I was watching Fox news and this parent was at a board meeting and she's holding up a, a book that, that was taken home by the child. And it's talking about how some woman was like, sexually harassed while she was drinking. Like she was, she was drunk. Oh, like yeah, because, like, little kids are going to the bar Dude, after it hours. It was so weird. It was, like, it's just, like, weird and twisted. I was, like, who, who, the, well, I mean, I know who is the, is <laughs> yeah. the people that are, uh, that are, you know, implementing and, and, you know, suggesting that kids learn this kind of trash, but. I mean, you, know, you and I have been criticized for criti criticizing critical race theory because we didn't think that you should be having sex education from the ages of five to ten. Yeah. You know, why what? do you need to learn about sex or consent at five right. to ten? What do you do? Grooming somebody? Why do you need to learn that? Well, I think yeah. the, the whole thing. Okay. So when we talk about, you know, we've, we've had these conversations, obviously, um, about abortion, right? And, yeah. and the left, like there, there are some people on the left that are moderate about abortion, right? They don't think it's right, yeah. but they think it's like something that should be around yeah. just in case or, you know, like whatever. I've right? heard, I've heard some, like there's even a Democrat Tulsi Gabbard actually signed some pretty pro-life bills because she said, Hey, uh, no other country in the world lets abortion up to birth. Let's limp scale it back to like this many months, yeah. like Europe. But, but if you, you have, <clears throat> if you have this abortion conversation with somebody on the left, Eventually, they're going to say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, higher levels of sex education is, is what brings down, a, uh, you know, uh, abortion in certain communities. And there's data for this and blah, blah, no, blah. It's chastity like, does. It's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fine. I understand that, right? Yeah. Okay, like sex education might help people be more responsible 
you know, with yeah. the decisions that they make regarding sure. sexuality, right? Sure, but I, you don't need completely. to learn that at six. But you don't, yeah, you don't need to learn it at six. And why does the public education system have to teach kids that? How about just don't worry about who's uh, learning about sex and who's not learning about sex? Why don't you just worry about letting the parents do that? Those well, are those well, are yeah, parental and, values and that are not supposed to. Be, but this, but but this Go is the, the whole point. Of the whole thing is the left doesn't want to just teach your kids something they want to shape them as a person away from your parental guidance that's what they want they want they want to teach you about sex they want to teach you about sex how they want you to learn about it they want to teach you about groups and ethnicities but they want to teach you about groups and ethnicities the way they want you to interpret them mm -hmm. not about how somebody would learn on their own or how their parents would teach them moral values or things like that they want to take that completely out of society and they want to be the arbiter of how everyone's attitude and behavior is manifested in society that's what they want you know i don't even know why any like honestly guys if you're worried about this stuff and your parents homeschool your kids there's great programs like a back out can. there if you can like we hi highly recommend that like, like why deal with time this? yeah if you have the time and you have the means to homeschool your kid do it yeah I like mean, don't be afraid about this whole like oh he's not gonna have like a social and he's not gonna have friends they will make friends yeah honestly like make friends every kid in the country became homeschooled for a year including college students okay and yeah. everybody was going to people who had homeschooled for a long time, realizing that they were already ahead of the curve. They didn't lose that year of education. Yeah. They're actually better off now than everybody else that was in public school. Right. I remember remember when everyone freaked out because Betsy DeVos wanted people to choose where they go to school? Yeah. Pretty and, racist yeah, for, <laughs> for you to say they, black people can't choose where their kids go to yeah. school. And now the secretary um, of education – is now just openly, you know, is openly saying, you know, uh, kids should go to school wherever they want and things like, it's like, we, we, we've been saying this for a long time. Yeah. Now you want to keep kids out of the school because now they're talking about, oh, well, you know, every kid should just be able to, to opt out of in-school education and we should pay for it if they want to stay home. And you know what I mean? Like th this is what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, they're just they're I've, trying I've, to shape yeah. everything the way that they want it shaped. It's it's so ridiculous. I just can't even with these people. <laughs> like I, I, they're driving me insane. The, the the essential workers that technically aren't essential, the teachers, like when uh -huh. they say this, all they're like, oh, I'm essential. It's like, okay, then why didn't your teachers union send you to like, school if you were so essential? You didn't work for a year. Yeah, you didn't work for a year. You you didn't go to work for a year. Are you essential? Apparently I, I mean, I'm not the one saying that you're, you're not, not essential. essential. You it's, are. It's <laughs> your teacher, the people that represent you, your entity, your union that you are a part of are the ones that specifically said you are not an essential person. You have to stay home and teach children. Just like they told all the other non-essential workers, you're not essential enough. You can't go to work. You have to stay home and figure it out. And we're going to send you a check so you don't fall into poverty. Right. That's literally what they said. So if you're a teacher and you're not going to school and you're not pushing back against the teachers union to say we need to be back in school, then you're not such a worker. I'm sorry. You're I mean, just not. Yeah. If we ever have more time, we can cover just how bad some of these 
things are. The WHO and a bunch of other groups that were teaching sex education were trying to teach um, kids who are younger than 12, like, how to masturbate and kids younger than 10. Like, it's, it's bad. So weird. It, well, here's the thing. This is why we say if it should be left up to the parents. Why? Because the state always seems to take it too far. So the parent can discuss with his kid what sex is and whether or not it go too far. Like I learned about it from my parents. It's not, yeah. it's not that difficult to learn it from your parents and you don't have all this weird stuff going too far. It just doesn't, it cuts off that door before the, the state's foot gets inside of it and starts teaching your kid weird stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the whole thing is, um, I think just getting out of control at this point, I, I think all the mask mandates should just be completely lifted. People should just say like, you don't, have to, wear, yeah. you don't have to wear a mask in here. It's ridiculous. It's, it's your put body. It, I mean, it's do like, what you want. You know what I mean? Like if you want to put yourself at risk, then put yourself at risk. You know, uh, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. And if you're scared, about, stay home. Yeah. I mean, the, the government will probably subsidize you for staying home. They have been. I mean, that's what they want to do all together but, <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. But, um, but I think we're going to move on to a couple more news stories. I, I guess there's a shocking statistic by Pew Research. Well, that speaking of dependence and neuroticism and depression, um, a study by Pew Research shows that 56% of liberal women under the age of 30 have been diagnosed as mentally ill. Mm. Yeah, that's our dating pool, guys. We live in Illinois, <laughs> so. Um, but uh, oh, wait, what's the age? What's the age range? Um, so it's and it's under? yeah. According the the headline says fifty six percent of liberal women under the age of thirty have been diagnosed as mentally ill. Now a lot of that has to do with depression. That's shock. That's actually sad. I, I I hesitate to even make fun of that because it's so sad. But does that's probably over. Well, under the age of 20. Well, I'll, so, I'll get into it. So Zach Goldberg analyzed the latest data research um, and released by the reputable Pew Research Center. And the Pew Research panel, Wave 64, interviewed a representative sample of about 11,537 American adults between March 19th and March 24th. And among those who are aged 18 to 29, some 20% of those who described themselves as conservative answered yes to the question of whether or not they have been, they are a healthcare provider, a doctor has diagnosed them with a mental health condition. And for those who were political moderates, it was 26%. But among those who self-classified as liberal, it jumped up to an astounding 45.9%. So they said, okay, what'll happen if we just don't focus on American, like, so it's, he said it's almost half of young white American leftists have been diagnosed with a mental illness. In general, females tend to suffer from mental health conditions more than males. And because of the most common of these conditions is uh, depression. So Jonathan Haidt, known for moral foundations theory of political preferences, whereby liberals and conservatives have fundamentally different system of morality. And I think we, you and I have discussed that separately. Yeah. Asked Goldberg, what if you broke this down by sex? Um, so... According to Pew Research Center data, after it was broken down by gender, 56% of liberal females aged 18 to, 9, 18 to 29 have been diagnosed with a mental health condition. So the question is, why? And the obvious answer um, supplied by Emily Elkins of the Cato Institute is locus of control. And part of the reason liberals and conservatives disagree about the causes of poverty and wealth 
and capitalism is that they disagree about the extent to which personal choices or external forces direct people's lives. That's what we call the locus of control. In other words, they disagree about the role of personal agency. This idea is related to a concept in psychology called the locus of control. People who tend to believe events in their lives are within the control of the individual are described as having an internal locus of control, and those who tend to believe events in their lives are outside of a person's control have an external locus of control. While in reality both external forces and personal choices play a role, the quality of the question is what individuals will emphasize. Liberals are more likely to believe that people's situations are shaped by their environment and their external factors. And you look at how liberalism is discussed, you know, and they talk about how, you know, everything, there's institutional racism and sexism. Women are being held down by the government. The patriarchy has been oppressing all women for the past 6,000 years. And... Yeah, you know, ironically, you know, of, of all the places, you know, you want to complain about women's rights, you choose America. But because of vast social and historic forces are involved in this worldview, it's easy to see why that would breed this attitude of helplessness, right? Because right. if the patriarchy has really been oppressing women for 6,000 years, a, a young woman who buys into that worldview is not going to see herself like as an individual shaping her own future she's going to see herself in some kind of desperate struggle even though she herself might be like highly privileged you live in the united states you know you you can make two thousand dollars on robin hood while going to the bathroom you know it's yeah. like you live in a great country where you don't have to worry about food water or shelter um you might have to worry about gas but um, and it just creates this feeling of helplessness because so many people will tell us you know liberals they, they sell this idea of like free love and and partying and everything else what what can the right sell it's like well we can sell responsibility yeah because, yeah individual responsibility yeah, yeah and personal agency and you ultimately are responsible for where you end up in life you can have external factors that you're going to have to overcome but if you have the discipline and the willpower to pursue your ends you can be almost anything in the united states i still believe you can that. pursue anything you can pursue yeah. anything yeah. absolutely and yeah. you know things may work out things might not work out yeah but this idea that everything around you is controlled or that you don't have willpower or that you don't have personal agency or that yeah. everything you do that is you have no kind of, like you have you, no mobility you are society. a forever victim if yeah. with that mentality and yeah. it creates you to be depressed it creates you to be neurotic it, yeah. cre it creates well, all these problems and, but this, and this is also how the left delivers the message of america needs to be changed the, yeah and and that and when you deliver that kind of message, right, you make the people hopeless, then you tell them that the country needs to be changed because everything is bad for you, right? Yeah. So then now, what does that translate into? That translates into people, you know, uh, being uh, more proactive about going out and voting for the people who are telling them that the system is it needs to be changed. Yeah, you know which, I mean? which it never That's how they drive their message. You know, and I always talk about this, how the left is really, really good about, you know, uh, manipulating messages to, to not make you think of the actual logic behind the situation, but just to uh, kind of 
rise your emotions up to the surface. Yeah. So then you just focus on, you know, what's on the surface of your feelings and you don't actually look into the logic of the actual situation. Yeah. And th this is why people like Jordan Peterson were a threat because he's like, hey, if you want personal happiness in life, that means that you have to have some personal agency. Because you can't live a life of liberal progressive activism with all this grievance mongering and these claims of oppression and expect it to be the cure to your happiness. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, if, you're, right. if you're walking around moping and grieving all the time over everything, yeah. you're, you're going to miss what's right in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Like pe People have the opportunity to invest. People have the opportunity to work out. Yeah. You can better your situation. It was like uh, what our friend Matthew was saying. He was saying, hey, if you guys uh, have been locked up this entire time and uh, you – you, you haven't can't used work. Your time. You know, yeah, you, you haven't used your time. You can read. Yeah. You can work out. Yeah. You can go and start a business. You can do all these things. And people on his Facebook post exploded and went yeah. crazy yeah, just because crazy. he said you can do whatever you want right now. And right. if you're choosing it to mope around, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Well, that well, that's what it, anybody who says anything of the contrary to you know, America stinks and it's horrible and it's, and it controls everybody and it makes everyone oppressed. If you say yeah. anything against that, you know, that means that, you know, you're trying to tear down them as a person, right? Because I stand for this and now you're attacking what I stand for. So now you're offending me. You're yeah. offending me as a person by telling me America's not racist. Oh my God, that's so offensive. Well, you know, it, it, it's like it's, what? It's so crazy because you've got all these people who are showing themselves as victims, and they're becoming bullies because you can't right. you can't do anything that would upset them in any way. Uh, we we had we had one more clip, and this was from an episode of a show called Black Mirror that I found before it was cool. Uh, Word to the wise: Do not watch the first episode; not fun. But it, it's an anthology series, and it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, right? But for modern adults, and this shows a woman who's going through an airport. She's trying to get a plane ticket. And they live in a society of social credits where you can't offend anybody. You can't uh, voice any anger. You can't act out in any way. Free speech is essentially gone and you have to have certain requirements to get on airplanes. Sounds a little bit like, uh, you know, certain, certain new suggestions. But anyway, this is going to be clip three. Hi there. How are you doing? I am wonderful. <laughs> I am so sorry. That flight is canceled. No. No, no. Customer incident at the other end. What? So when is the next flight? Yeah, they're all kind of full. Uh, I booked this weeks ago. It's my best friend's wedding. I'm sorry. I have to get there. I have to. Okay, let's see what we can do. Oh, thank you. I see there's one standby seat on another plane leaving tonight. Oh, okay. uh, that's reserved for members of our prime flight program. You got to be a 4.2 or over to qualify. Oh, I'm, I'm a 4.2. Mm -mm. I'm afraid you're actually a 4.183. Well, that's not my fault. Um, some woman dinged me down in the cab driver. Can't you just... I'm sorry, it won't let me book it without the correct ranking. But it's so close. There's just nothing I can do. I mean, surely. I'm going to have to ask you to moderate your language there. 
Sorry, it's just... I'm maid of honor. I cannot miss this wedding. And I am so sorry about that. Can you call the supervisor? I cannot do that. Can you just call the supervisor? I cannot do that. Call the f***ing supervisor. Okay, that's profanity. We're zero tolerance on profanity. I'm sorry, it's just... Yeah, I have to serve the next customer. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Step no, no, away, no, no. ma'am. God, just f***ing help me! I've called security. Oh, oh, no, 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 please don't do that. Um, I'm, I'm a five-starring you. Five-stars. What's the issue here, Hannah? Intimidation and profanity. Oh, no, 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 I was not intimidating. Don't speak, ma'am. I was just trying ma'am? to... Okay, so, in order to restore calm, I'm invoking my authority as airport security to dock you one full ranking point as a punitive measure. This is a temporary measure. No. The score reverts to normal in 24 hours. No, 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 but During I need it now. Period, all down votes are subject to a times two multiplier. Times two? We recommend you avoid negative feedback at this time. I'm on double damage. Please, remove yourself from the airport immediately. So yeah, this is this is where a, a victim mentality will lead you. And if if you watch this full episode, it's it's pretty uh, pretty brutal. Um, but the Chinese already have a system like this. But when we talk about what, what do they even call it? Uh, the counter to free speech. Like when we talk about safe spaces safe and when spaces, we talk yeah. about hate speech yeah. and we talk about vaccine passport mandates and everything else, this is where it ultimately will lead us. Uh, it, it's, I mean, we've read about this before. Yeah, you it know, doesn't end well. Yeah, you know who did this, Yeah, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, you know, and but that's, German guy, yeah. mustache. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. F- funny heels, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what where hate speech ultimately leads you is totalitarianism. That's yep. that, that's what it does because you can only have speech that's approved by the state, right. and this is why we fight it so much. Is because if you don't have free speech, well, we had a damn revolution over it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. That's it, what the, the those basic freedoms was the basic idea for America. Mm-hmm. The basic freedoms, the basic liberties to, you know, worship who you want to worship, you know, say what you want to say, express yourself how you want to express yourself, um, not just in, you know, social aspects, but also economical as, aspects too. Yeah. You know, both of those things go hand in hand. You know, I, I definitely agree. You know, I read a lot of Ronald Reagan stuff, and when he talks yeah. about how economical freedom also translates into social, yes, social freedom, yeah. social freedom, he's right. Yeah. You know, but like what I want to emphasize is that in China they have a social credit system like this already. This isn't some, you know, it, it's in a Black Mirror episode, but basically they're just showing what China is like now. Yeah, when you have hate speech laws, that is a social credit system. Yeah. You have certain privileges or penalties based off what you say and what you and what you say becomes what you do. And the state monitors all of it to figure out if it's bad or good and they reward you or punish you based off that. And it becomes an an authoritarian system like this. Yeah. Hate speech. Hate speech laws are a social. Just think about think about the amount of money that needs to be spent to monitor everybody and what they say. Yeah. Right. You can't just, what are you going to do? Like, 
have a team of people just following one person around all day and writing down like a stenographer or something. Well, that's just kind of, you know, but in China, it's pretty scary. They have drones. Yeah. They have drones. They have, you know, they, they're tapping phones. They're, you know, they have translation through internet connection. I'm just saying all kinds of stuff. We're getting pretty close. I mean, even on Facebook, like Facebook has a setting. And if you guys have this, I, I recommend you turn it off. But Facebook, if you go into settings, it'll say monitoring off Facebook activity, which yeah. means that what ends up happening is Facebook tracks all the sites that you're using when you're not on Facebook on your app through your phone. Yeah. That's why you hear people all the time going, oh, well, I was talking about buying a, a yeah. blender and then i opened facebook and it showed me a blender ad and it's like no that's just because facebook is monitoring your like, off facebook yeah. activity shut yeah. it off guys it's, yeah. it's in settings it says off facebook activity shut it off yeah. um, you want to we want to give you don't want to give social media platforms you want to give them as least information about you as possible because that's how social media sites they yeah. use your information to make money. Well, to, especially to when people are talking about hate speech laws. Like we already had that story about Bank of America was trying to research who was in the area during the, the riots at the Capitol to try to figure out which which bank accounts they could deactivate. Yeah. Insane. You know, you don't want these people who are for hate speech laws in a social credit system monitoring your activity to try to yeah. figure out how they can implement a social especially credit system. like, you know, within a certain mile radius and stuff like that. Like, dude, that's, it's crazy. It's, it's creepy. And you should, you should have to opt into it, not go through a bunch of steps in your settings to opt out and then not know it's there. But there are some people who look at technology like that and they're kind of like, oh, this is an awesome thing, right? This is great. Like, you know, if it's not used for anything nefarious, why would anybody care? It's like, dude, well, I mean, it can be used for, we're, you know, bad activities. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. I did want to, I did want to review a movie, but we'll save that for later. By the way, guys, um, our mailbag is cconnectionmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, and please send us some questions. We will read them live yeah. on the air. Um, we will also say who they came from. So please leave your name along with your question. Yeah. The mailbag also. And a, another small request, guys, is uh, we, we've been getting your five-star ratings, and we really appreciate it. Two of you guys uh, wrote out something really nice. Right now, we could really use those five-star ratings. So if you if you can, just it takes five seconds. Just write a little review uh, of five stars, you know, things you like about the show, things maybe yeah. you even want to see about the show. You can yeah. write it in and the And share it with your friends, too. Definitely. Um, you, know, you know, even if it's people who don't, agree with us yeah uh share it with them let them uh listen to our shows and also let them you know submit questions to our to our mailbag yeah, especially if you don't that. agree with us we'd like we'd to hear what that. you have to say yeah. for your mailbag i mean we grow and we learn by adversity like when we were in college what we did was every event we had, we had the other side represented and we grew through Always. people asking us questions and yeah. challenging us. And absolutely. we want that to happen yeah, because, you know, if if your ideas can't stand up to scrutiny, then they're not worth anything. Right. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you guys listening in today and uh, we'll be back next week with a lot more content. So stay safe, guys. And as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The line dog is pretty short. <laughs> the conservative connection with Corn and Crow.